All right, welcome back. I know it's weird not hearing the uh, Trine Broadcasting Network thing. It's ahead of the uh, episode. I guess I'm really tired. I'm recording this right after the game one of the finals. So, uh, yeah, a little late night recording going on. It's quarter till 11 right now. Um, but, yeah, I know it's weird not hearing that. But, you know, this being my own show. Uh, it's really been my own show this whole time, but not being under TBN anymore means that, you know, I'm not going to have those at the beginning, but everything should still be about the same, except for I'm going to record intros before the music. So yeah, today we got um, really a couple things. I just want to talk about the finals real quick and then uh, what's going on with a bunch of free throw stuff that's going on. So um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into it and just hit that music right now. Let's go. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. Alright, so like I said, it's just right after game one. And um, Nuggets take this one 104-93 to um, at home. Uh, my prediction, I talked about this the other day with some friends. They were asking me what my uh, prediction was. Somewhere, my buddy told me uh, Nuggets and six, and I said he said five or six. And I said Heat and six. And I'm going to be honest... I'm still confident in this Heat team. Um, an 11-point loss at on the road um, in Denver to where uh, the altitude, I think, is a bigger problem than what um, people are leading on to be at the moment. Uh, I wasn't able to watch the whole game. I was watching uh, trying softball in the uh, World Series, so go Thunder on that one. Um, yeah, when you get to the altitude... It's tough, and especially for a team from Miami, I think it makes it a little tougher for them. A um, couple things that really make me like this Heat team more than the uh, Nuggets, in a sense, is the Heat can shoot the ball. It's just been proven. I mean, Gabe Vincent is hot. He's on fire. Um, Duncan Robinson can hit. If Tyler Hero comes back, he can hit, although they've been playing pretty well without him, so I don't know if they necessarily need him, but I think he would be a pretty good boost if he's able to come back. Um, so they got tons of shooters. I like their defense, especially from Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I really do like that tandem on the defensive side of the ball. I think two, Jimmy's one of the best to ever do it in a way that has gone so under the radar, that especially in the past couple years. I mean, we knew him as to be a defender in like Chicago and Minnesota. But I think now it's kind of gone under the radar a ton to the point where I don't like how much it's gone under that radar. Um, and Bam is Bam. I mean, he's just going to keep getting all defensive teams. I mean, that's just what he does. In fact, you know, let's see here. Bam in five years, four-time all-defensive with two all-stars. Um, so, yeah, huge uh, on that aspect. The other thing I like about this Heat team, which I think a lot of people are dogging on for, I don't know why, is um, the experience they have. Yeah, we'll think about this lineup here. They have, let's see here. If I go to team, in terms of experience, most experienced players, Kyle Lowry, next up is Kevin Love. And they've both been to the finals. They've both won championships. Granted, 
that weren't the top guys on the championship teams, but Kyle Lowry was huge in the 2019 finals. Uh, Kevin Love was extremely important on those Cavs teams. That cannot be overlooked for sure. Oh, sorry, Udonis is the most veteran player on a team with 19 seasons, but he doesn't really play. Um, Struess only has three years, but he's been great. Martin, three years, only been great. Vincent, three years. Hero, three years. Jimmy Butler, 11 years, and he's just been consistent. Uh, Jimmy Butler, this is a power forward on basketball reference. That's pretty interesting. Um, Haywood Highsmith has been pretty good. He hit a couple threes there at the end. He's two years in. Oladipo's nine in. Same with Cody Zeller. Duncan Robinson's four. Um, let's see here. People who play. Jovic is a rookie, but he hasn't really been playing all that much. So, yeah. That's what I like about this Heat team, and I'm still confident in giving them and getting winning it in six. You gotta remember, guys. This is the same team that I thought in the bubble could was going to beat the Lakers if they didn't deal with so many injuries. Um, yeah, we get into that whole thing. Uh, Goran Dragic was injured. I think that was huge for them in that moment. Bam was out for a couple games. He got injured in game one. Uh, so I think those were huge in that. And I think the Heat would have won that if it wasn't for those injuries. So I'm still high on this team. And, I mean, they got, like, the same core. Except you lose Hero to an injury. But he's starting to practice again. But you add in veterans like Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry. That makes me like this team even more. And again, Struess, Vincent, Martin can stroke it. So, that's what I like about this Heat team. When it comes to notable stats in Game 1, um, Jimmy Butler only with 13. Yeah, do you worry about it a little bit? But again, it's the altitude. Game 1 of the Finals doesn't prove anything in terms of what a player will do the rest of the series. Uh, Adebayo leading a team with 26. Haywood Highsmith with 18. Gabe Vincent had 19. And let's see here. On our, Kyle Lowry had 11. So, again, I mean, that's not terrible for them. Um, Max Struess with a donut. You can't really have that. Kale Martin with three. You can't have that. But, again... Only an 11-point loss, and this is what I'm telling you is what happened. When I look at stats like this, I think the Heat should lose by 20 or more with stuff like this. But it's an 11-point win. Uh, Jokic, triple-double. Second player to have a triple-double in the inner debut in the finals. The first being Jason Kidd on the Nets. So we had 27, 14, and 10. Jamal Murray, 26, 10, and 6. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., 12 points, 14 points, 12 rebounds, excuse me. Aaron Gordon, 16. Bruce Brown, 10. Contavious Caldwell Pope, 7 points in 36 minutes. Maybe that's the reason why the Nuggets don't win by so much. But again, he, that's not really his role, I think, on this team. Uh, big stats overall. Nuggets shot 51% from the field. I mean, that's just tough to beat. And again, you only lose by 11 in that scenario. 
And I mean, the difference is 11%. Don't know. I don't think that means that much, but again, if they come down a little bit, you're, you're closer in that game. Surprisingly, Nuggets kind of awful from the three point line, 29%. The heat, not that much better at, at 33.3 at an exact third. Um, Something that may get turned around here is the Heat shot the least amount of free throws in the history of of the finals in a game with two. And they went two for two. So, that's huge. Nuggets went 16 for 20, good 80%. Heat got out-rebounded by one, um, but, you know, they out-rebounded them, the Nuggets, on the offensive board by six, so that's not great. But then again, when you shoot 50%, you're not going to get as many offensive rebounds. Um, Nuggets had 10 turnovers. Miami had eight. So, maybe, again, all signs are pointing towards Nuggets should have probably beat them by 20 in this game, but they just couldn't. Uh Nuggets only had eight fouls in the game while the Heat had 15, which makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I still firmly believe in the Heat. I'm still going to go Heat and six in this. Um, again, this is a team that won in Boston three times. Um, that's probably the toughest environment to win in outside of Golden State, I would think. Um because I was talking about this last week with uh, someone, with Andy Brown, actually. And I was like, Boston's tough enough to win in, but then when you when you win one in Boston and you still have to play another game in Boston like two days later, that crowd is going to go berserk. They're out of their minds. Then you beat them twice. You go to Miami, they, they don't come back. Now you're in Boston for a game seven. My God. Especially in the fashion that Boston won game six on that tip in. Everyone's talking about Dave Roberts stealing second and the comeback that was made in 04 by the Red Sox. Um, it was, that would have been one of those all-time moments, but it just didn't happen for Boston. Um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say Boston choked. I don't know how that got out there. Uh, coming back from a 3-0 deficit to force a game seven alone is extremely impressive. But now everyone's saying Boston choked because, you know, I get it. They were they were in Boston. But Miami already won twice in Boston, so it was not really a good comparison to say, oh my God, they choked. They had home they had home court and couldn't close it out. Yeah, but you dropped two to Miami already at home. So what do you expect? Um so yeah, I still have Heat and six. Um, I do believe in that. I think that this altitude thing will get over with pretty soon. Um, it's tough, man. It really is. And uh, I'm expecting a lot more from Lowry and Kevin Love. Did Kevin Love, like, even... Uh, nope, didn't even play tonight. I still... Eventually, he's going to have to get in there, and he's going to have to contribute in some capacity, and it will work out for them. I truly do believe that. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Next up, I wanted to talk about something that's been coming up 
kind of all over the place the past couple weeks, and I don't understand it. It's about free throws. Now, let me look up the official rule change. Um, because the NFH, NFHS, the National Federation of High Schools, I believe that's what it is, um, is re... Not even re... They're just completely changing how the game is going to be played when it comes to free throws. So this is from the official website, nfhs.org. Beginning next year, high school basketball teams will shoot two two free throws for common fouls when it is, when in the bonus. This rule changed to 4-8-1, eliminates the one-in-one scenario, and sets new foul limits each quarter for awarding the bonus free throw. Um, let's see here. National Federation of State High School Associations, excuse me. Um, teams will reach the bonus when their opponent commits five fouls in each quarter, and team fouls will reset at the end of each quarter. So, this is something that um, happens in women's college basketball, since women's college basketball is played in quarters. And I, I kind of get it with the amount of time you know, with a team being in the bonus for a quarter, it makes sense. I understand. Like, if you're going to reset the corner, that's the way to do it. But the one and one to me is so freaking important. Like, it's not even funny that they're getting rid of it. In a one and one scenario, it's make it, make it to get the second. You got to make your first free throw to get the second one. That's what normally called a, a single bonus. And then double bonus is you get two free throws the rest of the way. So the way that, if I'm, I'm remembering right, for high school basketball when I played, you would get the fouls were designated by half. It, it didn't reset the quarter. And again, if you're going to reset quarters, I understand not doing... Um, the one and one in a way, because it's just, it's so tough to, you would have to have a one and one occur at like four, three or four fouls, which is just, that's not even fun to play in. And then it'd be double bonus from then on. Um, so once you get seven thousand and a half and a half for, um, and it's the same with college basketball for men's. Um, you're in the bonus, which is a one-on-one scenario, and then once you get to 10, it's double bonus from now on out. You get two. How many games have been affected by a team either making or missing a one-on-one scenario uh, on the front end? So many missed opportunities occur in front-end free throws, and it can affect the game. I've seen it happen. I've broadcasted games where it's happened. Um, so for them to just get rid of it, like, again, I kind of see the point where if you're going to reset the quarter, but God, you're just giving them two free throws. If they miss on the first one, now everyone's going to think, well, in the old, old rules, we'd, the other team would have the ball. Well, it's not an automatic, but 
our team's most likely getting a rebound could get the ball. And that could be like a three-point swing. Just like that. Um, it's kind of ridiculous to me that they're doing this. Maybe they'll see how it works and then they'll change it, but someone tells me this has been in the running for a while to happen. So, um, yeah, I don't understand it at all. And am I upset about it? Yeah, but no, I'm upset about it. I mean, I don't, I don't think I have to justify myself in this at all. I really do. It upsets me because again, how many games have been decided on that scenario and then you just get rid of it. And now how many games is that going to affect from here on out? It's just, man, I don't know. And that brings it to Jeff Van Gundy. He, uh, talking about how he would speed up the game. He's saying that he would reduce halftime. He's not saying get rid of it. Um, the way that I think everyone is saying. And let's see here. Flow, among other things, speed up games. This whole idea of what goes on at halftime, I think, is so misunderstood. It's a lot of either praising of what just happened or correcting, but you could do it that in two minutes out by the bench and in an elongated timeout, he said. So no going back to the locker room, still having a halftime in a sense. Um, let's see here. Uh, let me find it real quick. So my most radical one is to eliminate free throws until the last four minutes. Van Gunny says, I don't think you want to take away free throws in the last four minutes of a game, but let's speed it up. The only person that likes free throws is the play-by-play announcer because they can wax poetically about some story. It's the extra point of the NBA. It serves no rational or rationale or no rational, reasonable purpose. All right. As someone who's done play-by-play, um, not true to be honest. I mean, maybe upper level that can become a thing. It's just, I'm not big fans of breaking the action when it comes to basketball, but free throws are an integral part of the game. And the, and now it's like the one thing that I see in basketball a lot is how much free throws get overlooked. And now, Arguably the number one color commentator in the game. Not saying he's the best. I think he does. He does a fun. He does a really good job. But you know, he's one of the two color commentators on on ESPN for basketball. That for the NBA. That's like that's my dream job to either be top play by play or top color for ESPN. When it comes to basketball, which would in turn be the NBA. Now you have him saying that free throws (laughs) serve no rational, reasonable purpose. And maybe for the NBA, I don't know, I guess. The NBA is not a slow game whatsoever. The pace is up more than I think... I'm pretty sure the pace is up. I mean, everyone is scoring like 150 points a game, it seems like. 
So I don't think pace is an issue. Yeah, sometimes commercials can bog you down, but I mean, the NBA is not going to get rid of halftime because all that commercial spots, that's a ton of revenue for either the network or the NBA. Um, and two free throws, how, it, it, it only affects the speed of the game by, I mean, the clock technically stops, but it stops at every whistle. I mean, it probably takes the longest of all the stops in play, but it's a, it are free throws, man. And if, do I think the NBA will do this? No. I mean, Van Gunn even says that it's his radical position on it. But people don't care about free throws at the moment. Especially, I think, younger uh, players don't really care about them. Um, I've seen plenty of games throughout my broadcasting career at Trine to where games have been lost be at the free throw line. Your free throw, it... I know it's going to sound like I'm 90 years old. And they call it free for a freaking reason. Okay? It should be the easiest shot you will take. It's all muscle memory. So you don't really have to worry about it. And I can walk into... I know it's a little different than playing in front of a crowd and all that. I can walk into a gym and hit 95% of my free throws. And I'm... I have not played organized basketball in four years. I'm out of shape. I am not even close to what an NBA player or like a college player looks like. I can do that. Free throws are an extremely important part of the game. Again, I've seen them. I've seen teams lose based on free throws. It may not be the direct cause of it. Sometimes it is, and that's when it gets really embarrassing. But when you you lose a game by five, and you go back and look at the stats, and you're shooting 60% from the free throw line, missing like seven free throws, that's your issue. Hit your freaking free throws, you're going to win that game. The NBA won't do it. I understand that, but you, the number one color commentator in the business for of in, of the NBA and basketball in general is saying it does not matter, and I, I understand he's saying for timing purposes, people are not going to read that as, oh, I get it, he's trying to speed up the game like the pitch clock for baseball. They're going to say that he's going to try to eliminate free throws. And I understand it. It's not it's until the last 4 minutes. That's when it would get that's when it would be important. Free throws should be important throughout the whole game. And maybe that's the issue here. Maybe free throws aren't held as at high of a standard because, you know, teams are scoring 150 points, in which I, I love offense. Don't get me wrong. It's what puts but it's what puts butts in seats. But for me, I'm more of a defensive guy. I'm more of a free throw person. I'm more of kind of in a way slowing the game down when you can. The I the only time I think that offenses should be sped up is on fast breaks. You should take fast breaks as much as you can because it's what the best teams ever in the history of basketball 
have been really good at. But you need, but maybe the game needs to slow down a little bit. I don't know. Maybe the NBA wouldn't like me saying that because you know offenses are as high as ever. And again, offense is what's bringing that bringing that cash in. That's why the the league is going to be getting such a big boost in the salary cap. But my God, if we're Seriously debating the topic of are we should we stop free throws until when it matters? Make them matter throughout the whole game. That's just my thing. Make them matter throughout the whole freaking game. Alright. So I think with that, that's all I wanted to talk about for this week. Um wanna thank you for listening. Uh, sorry it took such a long time to get back, but I was going back and forth between my house and school covering um, MIAA softball, NCAA softball. Um, think I am at least done with traveling on Thursdays when I record. I'm pretty sure. If not, I will obviously let you know because that's what I have to do. So, to stick with all those updates, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at DOVR00. Again, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Peace.